Hello, we're back here at the Call and Contact Centre Expo here in London, and I'm delighted to be joined by Stephen Yap, who's the Research Director at the Call Centre Management Association. Stephen. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm really good. Have you had a good day? I've had an excellent day. Well, Thank you so much going. for bringing me to the sofa, and a very lovely sofa it is too. Yeah, well, I could we... spend the rest of the day here. To be honest, people have been eyeing up the sofa. It's quite relaxing. <laughs> yeah. Good to snooze on, maybe, if people yeah. get a bit tired yeah. later yeah. in the day. Yeah. Um, Stephen, first of all, for those that are joining here on the Iris Pod, maybe tell us a little bit about what you do, what the Call Centre Management Association does. Definitely. So I'll start with the CCMA, the Call Centre Management Association, or CCMA for short. We are the world's premier membership organisation for the contact centre industry. So we represent our members, contact centres across all sectors, different sizes, predominantly in the UK, but we also have a number of members coming from other parts of Europe. And we provide a number of different services, types of content, types of opportunities for our members. Um, we provide networking opportunities, seminars. Um, we provide coaching. We bring in external experts to come in and provide specific bespoke training courses. Um, we are probably best known for our awards events. So um, two of the longest established awards events, the UK National Contact Centre Awards and the European Contact Centre Awards, which is happening, um, I don't sure when the, pub, when the podcast is published, but it's happening on November the 23rd, which is next week as of when I'm sitting on the sofa. Don't worry, this is going live today. So oh, we'll, fantastic. We'll, 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 we'll big fantastic. So it's happening. Yeah, that's happening next week. And um, we also provide bespoke research. That's what I do. I head up the research stream and... What that entails is um, conducting customized research into topics that are of interest to our members and to the contact center industry, topics such as transformation, such as um, working patterns, hybrid working has been a big focus for us, customer and agent experience has been a big focus for us. Um, and it's, it's a privilege for me to be able to work with you know, many of the, the leading lights in both the contact center world as well as the technology world. Excellent. And then this is the place where they all come together yeah, and showcase all of these new innovations. Indeed. And it's actually really nice, before we dig into some of what's out here laid behind the camera, uh, it's just really nice to see people back interacting face-to-face -face and doing business. Um, but of course, your world is really over a telephone. How, not to make this a big COVID discussion, how did that world get blown up and change when the pandemic hit? Oh gosh, um, how long have we got? <laughs> I'll, I'll try to, um, to be succinct. Um, COVID has, has impacted, I think uh, every industry has impacted every person in ways that we're still, you know, we're still actually unpacking and, um, and getting to the bottom of, not least of which was the contact center industry. And during, the 18 months and even still today, the contact center has seen uh, what I would describe as um, a transformational amount of change. There's been more change arguably in the last 18 months than there were in 18 years prior to the pandemic. And that change has manifested itself in a number of ways. So from a technology and a platforms perspective, because they've had to, contact centers have massively accelerated their adoption of alternative channels, self-serve, has been hugely um, increased compared to even just two years ago because of course um, when alternative you know when traditional ways of contacting organizations such as person to person in store were not available um, and of course waiting times for the phone lines suddenly increased massively as a result of lockdown not just because of lack of availability of other channels but because actually overall demand 
for customer service increased and it continues to be much higher today for most contact centers than it was before the pandemic because we are living in uncertain times. Customers need reassurance. They are turning to organizations to provide reassurance and help. That has created a massive increase in demand for the contact center industry. It's also meant that the contact center has more than ever become the face of an organization, has become the front line of an organization, has become, if you like, very much the, um, the, 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 the primary touch point by which an organization and the brand uh, interfaces with its customers. Um, and so more than ever, organizations understand much better than they did before what contact centers do. There's much better connectivity and collaboration between the contact center and other parts of the organization. There's better empathy between the contact center and other parts of the organization. So there's been investment in new channels. There's been investment in technology. There's been investments in customer experience. There's been investments to try to manage the increased demand that we're seeing in many operations. And there's just a lot better understanding and uh, appreciation of what contact centers do compared to even just two years ago. Did, did the industry react quickly to the notion of hybrid working, people moving and working at home? Essentially, you need a headphone, a computer, a screen, some power, and a desk, maybe, or a dining room table, or a kitchen work surface, and you're set up, you're good to go. Does yeah. that transform the industry from a acceptance that that's a flexible way of working that actually companies will adopt? Because I think there was some reticence before that there was this notion that it had to be laid out in front of me, not just call centers, but companies in general. Their, their team were outside their office and they could see them. Did, did, the, did the industry react well to that, do you think? Without doubt, they had to. There was no choice. A, a, a select group of contact centers were already going down the hybrid routes, were already investing in the platforms and the kit that allowed people to work remotely if they wanted to. But the vast majority of contact centers when the pandemic hit were not prepared. And all of a sudden, the offices closed. And in order to maintain a semblance of business as usual, they had to very, very quickly adapt. They had to very, very quickly equip their people and just give them the kit and go home and, and tell them to go home and, and carry on working. And that experience back in the spring of 2020 was, I think, as good an example of any of what can be achieved when you have to do it. Yes. People, people, no choice. people, you know, astonish themselves. But you, you, it's amazing what you can do when you have to do it. So for most contact centers, literally, they had to go from 100% because that before the pandemic, the majority of contact centers were 100% premises working. A hybrid working or remote working was, a, was, was, was actually relatively uncommon. And 100% of contact centers had to go to 100% homeworking in literally a matter of days. And they did it. And, they, you know, and it really demonstrates what you can do when you're forced to do it. Now, 20 months on from that, some contact centers are, of course, opening their doors back again and to invite people back to offices. But what is very, very clear to me is that hybrid is absolutely here to stay. And that what we've learned from the last 20 months is that it's entirely possible to offer hybrid and to, um, to deliver a, a reasonable customer experience and a, reason, and a reasonable colleague experience in a hybrid environment. That doesn't mean that it's job done. There's still a long way to go to make sure that that experience both for customers and for colleagues is as good as it can be. But yes, absolutely. And that, that is one of the ways in which the game's changed. What's the suite of technologies that really empower not just the hybrid working model, but 
the, the call center and customer experience model as we unify comms, you know, there's, I'm a CRM guy from back in the day, so, you know, single view of the customer yeah. and all of these exciting things were buzzwords then and, yeah. and they still are now and I'm not sure anyone's really solved it very well. Um, what's the stack of tech that you see emerging that really makes this a good customer experience, but also yes. a good employee experience? Yes, great question. I think the first thing I'll comment on that is that actually it's the same tech that delivers both the customer experience and the colleague experience. It's, these aren't different elements of the stack. It's actually the same stack because ultimately, if you deliver a good colleague experience, you're going to deliver a better customer experience. The reality today, though, is that most contact centers, particularly larger operations, are encumbered by legacy. That is, that is just a fact. And it's, we all know how difficult it can be to leapfrog legacy. And that's why we're still seeing a lot of fragmentation. So my answer to the question is, number one, is it's absolutely cloud, absolutely cloud-based. And it feels like we've been talking about cloud for a long time. But we still got to talk about cloud because a lot of contact centers are still not cloud-based. And there's a, a number of reasons why they're not cloud-based. But until you become cloud-based, you're not going to be able to, to offer you know, the, the capabilities that both customers and advisors expect. The second uh, answer to that question is integration. And um, there's a real challenge at the moment with fragmentation. And one of the, the less desirable outcomes of the proliferation of new channels that we've seen since the pandemic, the increase of self-serve that we've seen since the pandemic. We've seen a lot of providers offering digital channels, for example. Literally, I've heard a number of stories of providers who've rolled out digital self-serve channels in weeks because they had to, to cope with demand because the phone lines couldn't, couldn't handle all that demand. So they quickly rushed these new channels to market, um, which is great, but it's created new, it's created more stuff for the frontline teams to deal with. When you bring out a new channel, and particularly at the speed at which it was done during the pandemic, that's another system typically the advisors to deal with. So now you've got frontline people who are using five, six, seven, eight different systems just to do their job. They have to switch between all of these screens. That's a lot of stress. That's a lot of cognitive load. You've got a, you've got a customer on the other end of the, you know, of the line waiting, and you've got to switch between all these screens just to be able to get your job and to get your job done. And actually, I think <coughs> we. Um, we're probably further away than ever before from a single, single unified view of the customer, <coughs> excuse me, just because of all that fragmentation that's happened. I love that term, the cognitive load, it's so true. You're, you're flicking between screens, you've got targets, you're trying to hit, your customers are not happy with you because it's taken time for you to get in touch with them or the comms journey hasn't necessarily been joined up from an experience point of view. And we're actually, we were talking to um, Sadie and uh, and Simon from uh, from Wellity earlier. We were talking about um, they were talking about mental well-being yeah. and the load placed on staff yeah. and you know dials per day in the contact center and resolution time and and so forth are, are things that really. Um, create additional stresses and that probably and I like the way you've said you know what's good for the for the colleague is good for the customer because those frustrations and stresses probably are then relayed outwardly to the to the customer absolutely and even if they're not relayed in an explicit way to the customer um, a more stressed colleague is not in an ideal position to deliver an optimal experience and that is one of the I think the, the most pressing challenges that the industry faces today, and 
it's fantastic how much emphasis and how much progress we've made in, cust in customer experience and how much investment there's been on the customer experience and uh, additional channels available, offering the right channel to different customers to be able to, to, to address their query in the way that they want to. What we're starting to see now is more attention being paid to the colleague experience. And it's not just about retention of colleagues, although, of course, right now, when uh, actually today, the Office for National Statistics published the latest number of vacancies. We're now up to 1.17 million job vacancies yes. in the UK. That's by far the highest since records began. So uh, it's a tight job market out there. It's more and more important than ever before we keep colleagues happy and we keep them engaged, we keep them retained. But I think as a result of the, of the channel proliferation we've seen during the pandemic, we've seen a massively increased fragmentation in terms of the technology uh, and, in ter and actually an increase in the cognitive load. Something else that has massively increased the cognitive load of advisors is because self-serve has taken away some of the simpler demands, the simpler queries, I can now get my account, <coughs> excuse me, get my account balance, my delivery updates done through a self-serve channel in the first instance. The sorts of queries getting through to the advisor are naturally more complex. Yes. And are they equipped with the information from the CRM or whatever it is that's that unified view and almost yeah, my go-to, I can think of an experience, and I won't name the company, but um, I'm very rare to go to social media to flame a company because I don't like it when we get that. Um, not that we get many complaints, but um, it was almost like the person, the human being I spoke to was the least informed out yeah. of anyone in that journey because I knew when the delivery was supposed to come from a ticket, I knew that it had turned up. I then could visually see that it was damaged. Now I've got to speak to someone to, to solve that problem. And the person there was very, very confused about the process. And yeah. it's almost like they've been overloaded with probably too many uh, contacts to deal with on a daily basis, but also too many systems that they're trying to well, navigate. You've got to feel for the poor advisor in that situation. Yeah. They're trying to help and they're, they're doing their utmost to help, but they don't have the information that they need or they don't know where to find the information that they need to be able to solve the query. So you've got a number of things coming into play which I think is creating this perfect storm where it's really high time that we start really focusing on the, the experience of the people on the front line so as the queries are becoming more complex because the simpler ones are being migrated to self-serve the job of the advisor becomes harder yes and actually as we know another um, another implication of the pandemic which still you know which very much is um, is ongoing today is the um, the level of what I would call anxiety. You know, it, it's reflecting our broader situation, our broader society. There's a lot of anxiety out there. Yes, things are opening up. Things are feeling more normal. It's great to be back here at the CC Expo. But the reality is, for years to come, we're going to be feeling more anxiety. We're going to be feeling that uncertainty. And that's reflected in the queries, in the conversations. We hear many stories of, from contact centers about the increased level of abuse that yeah. advisors having to deal with. Now, if you think about that, and also you layer on top of that, hybrid working. It's one thing to deal with an abusive, difficult, emotional call when you're in the office. You can laugh it off with your colleagues. It's another thing to deal with that when you're at home. How do you, how do you recover from that? How do you take your time out and bounce back from a difficult call? It's very, very difficult. So. That's happened in your sanctuary, your safe environment. It's your home. Your home. It's your home. Yeah, that's so interesting. That abusive customer has come into your home. You know, and that is not 
that is not an isolated incident. It's a common incident across all industries, across many, many contact centers. So all that adds up to a situation where we need more than ever to really think about and take care and, or, or, of our people and to think about the experience of our people. And that's where, you know, I think the Irish Clarity technology fascinates me because it's, it's another dimension to taking care of people and to reducing the stress and to reducing the cognitive load that people experience. Um, and so, as we were talking about earlier on, Tom, I think the timing is is ideal for, for Iris Clarity to come into the marketplace because there's more and more attention. We've reached a tipping point, I think, where contact centers are really appreciative and understanding of, of, of how important it is to take care of their people. Do you, you mentioned Iris Clarity, and obviously you know, that's what we're here today talking about with very interestingly, not just potential clients that are coming through as guests, but actually other exhibitors, because these are platforms that are doing a variety of different things to equip call centers. What about noise? Do, do you, um, in your role, do you hear about noise being something that's an issue either for the customer or for the employees at, in a call center environment and how disruptive that is to a good experience? Yeah, and that's actually become, um, it's become a topic around hybrid working because there is a reality that um, if you look at your typical frontline colleague, you're not talking necessarily about people who have a lot of space, who have, who have necessarily even their own room in which to work. You, if you look at your typical frontline advisor, they tend to skew towards, say, the younger person who lives in shared accommodation, you know, with other people around. Right, and often they they're not working in their own private soundproof room. They're working in a living in a shared environment. Yes, sometimes even on their beds. That's not uncommon. And again, coming back to what happened in the rush to quickly pivot to remote working, contact centres they couldn't do anything other than say, right, here's your laptop, here's your set of headphones. Let's make sure you've got good Wi-Fi, and off you go. And what that means is that you've got millions of people in the country who are just left to get on with it and fend for themselves and literally you know some of them might have a dining table to work with if they're lucky they might have a, a, a dedicated room but more often than not they might be actually doing it from their bedrooms and they're on, on their beds if they're lucky they might have a desk in their bedroom so that has definitely become onto the radar. Onto the, the idea of not just how do we equip people with the right technology but how do we ensure that the, the surrounding environment the physical space of which noise is a, is, is a part, is optimized for them to do their jobs. And the reality is a lot of people do not work in optimal circumstances. Yes, I think it's that uncontrollable environment that's one of the key things that we're really focused on. How do you bring some sense of control to that for the, the call center staff, but also then from a customer's perspective? And again, when we were speaking to Wellity earlier, you know, this idea that you're doing 70, 80, 900 plus dials a day, and you are having to speak to someone at the other end, and it's like, I can't really hear you because you're yeah. you know, out and about, or at home with the kids, or traveling, or in a cafe. That that's a very fatiguing experience for a colleague that's then yes. doing these dials a day. Yes, and I'm hearing more and more um, about sort of uh, topics that are either directly or sort of adjacent to this idea. I, I, I read yesterday, just literally yesterday about um, a piece of research that showed that actually um, younger people today 
I'm more and more likely to watch television with subtitles on. I saw the same. <laughs> that was, it was four in five, I think. We're yes. more likely yeah. to, to watch with subtitles. With subtitles on. on because it just it makes for a better experience because some you know I think I think there's something to be said around modern television and movie sound mixes. You know, it's actually quite. I don't know about you. I find it actually can be quite difficult to hear the dialogue. Yeah. Um, I was just talking literally an hour ago with somebody here at Expo who's created, it's, uh, they're a tech provider who have created a, um, a voice, it's not, it's not just a voice to text, it's a voice to sign language automation technology. So in real time, they transcribe voice, speech, audio speech into sign language, which is, which is delivered through an avatar. Right, and that that was pretty impressive, actually. And I, I think what we're seeing is is momentum growing. This idea of improved accessibility, yes, and an understanding that the traditional audio environment, which we've all become accustomed to, people of my age just never really thought, you know, that anything else, you know, or, or, it doesn't really occur to you as suboptimal. It's only when you realise, actually, yeah, you know what, the average phone call is pretty noisy. Yes. Right. And imagine doing 100 of those a day and the amount of stress and, 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 and load that puts on you. I think you know, we're, we're going to hear so much more from companies like, you know, like yourself around improving accessibility, around making sure that um, both the customer and the contact center advisor is able to communicate with absolute clarity, whether it's voice, whether it's through text, whether it's through things like sign language, and to equip them with the tools that help them to do that. Is it, um, there's something about the psychology of breaking down barriers in a conversation. We, our strapline with the product is conversations flow with clarity. Yes. It stands to reason that if there are less barriers to that conversation flowing, like, sorry, I didn't get that. Can you repeat that? That you build a better rapport. You can therefore yeah. do a better job and relay and communicate with incredible clarity your message and it's heard first time and likely to yes. yield a positive outcome yes. or a more positive outcome. I ha actually hadn't thought about that before, but it makes complete intuitive sense to me. So um, about half an hour ago, I delivered a presentation on the keynote stage um, around vulnerable customers because that's another topic um, that is very much front and center at the moment. The increase in vulnerability, whether it's health vulnerabilities, mental health, physical health, financial constraints. And one of the challenges that exists in that environment is to reassure vulnerable customers and to actually get them to, to be honest and have a good conversation. There's an onus on the front line, on the advisor to, to be able to do that. There's more and more onus on the advisor to be able to listen actively with empathy, to be able to help the customer feel reassured and confident enough, enough to open up. And the, clarity, the audio clarity absolutely has a role to play within that. And if you think about certain types of vulnerabilities where perhaps um, the customer cannot hear very well or even cannot express themselves particularly well or maybe English is not their first language, think about how much of a difference having better audio clarity will make both to the advisor dealing with that vulnerable customer and to the customer who's perhaps got some got some barriers in being able to express themselves properly and if you have then lots of ambient noise if you have problems with the line that's not going to be conducive to the, the sort of conversation that gets the customer the outcomes that they need 
So yes, I mean, now that you mention it, it makes total sense to me that clarity um, is going to play a huge role in enriching conversations. Yes, I mean, it's just, I think that's our core, one of our core values is about human connection. And I really do agree that, you know, if you put yourself in the shoes of the call center operative that's now working in their home and you've come into that conversation aggressive, you're now really affecting their mental well-being. I, I think the world has wake, woken up to that. And I think sometimes we just need to put ourselves in the other person's shoes and we break down these barriers. We can all probably coexist a little bit, a little bit more uh, friendly. Just to, just to wrap up, Stephen, um, what, what's your top technologies of the, of the expo so far? You, you, you've got a, a, an advantage advantageous position of seeing everything and almost <laughs> yeah. I imagine in your brain you've got your tech stack of how we modernize this industry um, what are your top three picks that you've top seen? Top three today? picks okay so um, I mentioned it before but um, the the voice to avatar sign language avatar I've was very was very cool find them right now. was very very cool there's a lady uh, it's from Huawei the Chinese oh, provider right, okay, yeah there's yeah. a lady um, from Huawei she just came up to me after my presentation and showed me showed me that and oh that was very very cool um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on your sofa but I have to say Irish Clarity is my number two I think the and, and actually I have even more clarity on the proposition and how it can benefit both the customer and the, the colleague having heard you know heard more about it from you and I think I'm I'm very passionate one of the reasons I work for the CCMA and I, I love what I do for the CCMA because actually it's fundamentally, and I think what we do in this industry in contact centers, break it all down. It's about communication. Yes. And it's about um, relationship building. Um, and it's about connections between people. And Iris Clarity is fundamentally about that too. It's about, it's about, as you just described earlier, it's about improving the ability for people to communicate. Exactly. You know, and at a fundamental, a very fundamental level, I think that's extremely cool. Extremely cool. As simple as, a, you know, and, and the beauty is in the simplicity of it. But I think it goes well beyond sort of noise cancelling technologies. And it's much more about, as you say, helping the customer and the customer facing colleague to have a richer conversation. And yes. nothing could be more powerful than that, in my opinion. Number three, it's not actually from the show, but... Um, one of, the th one of the things that really attracted my attention in, in recent months was um, a chatbot. Um, not a customer chatbot, but actually a, a, an advisor chatbot. <clears throat> it was built by an advisor. Really? So uh, one, of, <clears throat> um, one of the organizations that I, I interviewed actually talked to me. Actually, I talked to one of their team leaders who had just been promoted to a team leader. And when he was still an advisor, he built a chatbot because he realized... I could talk for another 30 minutes on this, but a lot of the challenges that contact centers face dealing with their customers, they also face dealing with their advisors. So just as customer demand has increased, demand from advisors has increased. If you now imagine you have all these people working from home, all the questions and challenges that that throws up, contact centers have also got to manage their own internal demand, yeah. actually. And it's inter own internal wiki of like yeah. helping each so, other. Yeah, exactly. How do you figure out the exactly. To that Exactly, yes. to, exactly that. And um, in this organization and for this particular advisor, he noticed that a lot of the same questions kept coming up in Microsoft Teams. Huh. And Microsoft Teams allows you to build a chatbot. 
and it will recognize, if you're, if you're in a group chat in Teams, it will recognize certain keywords and a chatbot will suggest you go to this link for the answer. So frequently asked questions, things like rotors, who's working at a given time. If you need help, you don't know which, if you're at home, it's not so easy to know which manager is available yeah. at a given time. It's one thing when you're in the office and you can just see who's around. If you're at home, who do you know, which team leader, which manager is on call for you to be able to contact if you need help? The chatbot can solve that problem. You can go to the rotor, the chatbot. And I just thought that was a really, really good example of a number of things. A really good example of a, a frontline colleague taking the initiative you know, and building a piece of automation to help other colleagues. And it was a really good example of technologies that perhaps are better known in a customer-facing environment also being repurposed yes. in the internal environment. Oh, that's fantastic. And that's a great yeah, example of technology solving problems and not overcomplicating it. I think some of the best solutions are the ones that are simple and yeah, empower. And, and solve a real, a real need, exactly. a real pain point. There's yeah. the, the fact is some technology kind of is for its own sake. Yes. The best technology starts with a recognized need, a recognized pain point, a recognized job to be done, like yours does. Fantastic. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Us. Thanks if for having me. If people want to um, find, come and find you, some of our audience might not be so close but might be interested, what's the web address? Uh, Stephen at ccma.org.uk or just go to ccma.org.uk or look me up on LinkedIn. Stephen, yeah. Thank you. Stephen, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everyone.